This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. Voluntary principle states that all human relations should happen by mutual consent or not at all. This podcast aims to promote respect for the voluntary principle in all walks of life and for all age groups. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Everything Voluntary. You can receive all new content offered by EverythingVoluntary.com in your email inbox every single weekday for free. Visit Digest.EverythingVoluntary.com to subscribe. Uh, Before we start the episode, I want to invite you to join me as a featured guest. I'd love to chat and get to know you and give you this platform to bounce your ideas around. To schedule, go to the main website at EverythingVoluntary.com. On the right-hand side, there's a link to schedule with me immediately. Click that link, select a day and time, answer the questions, and submit. That's all it takes. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It is Spooktober 1st, 2020. We're going to look at my latest my latest two two-cent posts. I've only got two uh, that I wrote in July and I haven't written any since. So I've got two of those that I haven't caught up on. And then we'll continue the Wizards Rules miniseries. We'll do one of those. So that should fill out this episode. And I guess unless I write any more two cent posts, I'll have to stick Wizards rules uh, somewhere else. <laughs> we still have a few of those to finish, so I, I do want to get through that. All right, this first one is from July on radical woke, radical, radical, radical woke feminism. All right, all right, listen to this. All right, I'm calling it Dwarkian feminism will marry racial wokeness and conclude that I am a racist rapist because my wife has more melanin in her skin than me. Andrea Dworkin says that in a patriarchal society such as the one we're in, all heterosexual sex is coercive and degrading to women. Since my wife is an Hispanic woman from Mexico City, and I am an Anglo-Saxon man from Utah, our intercourse is an act of rape. Since my wife is darker skinned and I've chosen to rape her over and over and over, our intercourse is also evidence of racism. Ergo, it's my turn to be canceled, arrested, and divorced. Oh, well. Sucks for me. All right. That's uh, <laughs> that's quite a big bit of uh, tongue-in-cheek, of course. But I think, I think the logic is sound. I think it is, okay, with the premises, right, of racial wokeness, okay, that I'm racist towards my wife because she's darker than me, and working feminism, that we live in a patriarchal society, and so heterosexual sex is thereby necessarily coercive and degrading to women. Uh, Therefore, it is an act of rape. Okay, if those two premises are true, and we can debate that, then I think it does. I think it logically follows that I am a racist rapist because I'm having sex with my darker wife. And I think that would hold true for anybody. Okay, it doesn't matter. uh, any, Any white man who is having sex with a darker skin or a minority, okay? You could be, you could be a light-skinned minority. You could be an Asian. You could be a, I don't know, Eastern European. 
you used to be you used to you used uh Irish used to be considered a minority, Italian used to be considered a minority, Jewish is a minority um when it's convenient and they're just, you know, all of them are just white people when it's convenient, right? We just, you know, it just depends on what we're going for. So if those premises are true and that's a giant if, believe me, then I then I think that the the conclusion is true. I'm a racist rapist. What do you think? <laughs> um, I think that's nuts, but okay. All right, let's go on to the next one. That one was short and sweet. This one's on socialism. As most economists and political scientists agree, to my knowledge, capitalism is the private ownership of the means of production, and socialism is the public or state ownership of the means of production. Where they disagree is on which is preferable to achieving their ideal socioeconomic outcomes. Fair enough. But that aside, what cannot be denied is the fact that each and every person is themselves a means of production, which begs the question, who owns you? Under capitalism, you own yourself, self-ownership. Under socialism and its variants, communism and fascism, you guessed it, the public slash state. I don't know about you, but I reject slavery in all its forms, including socialism. Do you? All right, for all, for all of its faults, and there are many, absolutely, for all of its faults, capitalism is the best socioeconomic environment in which human beings uh, have the most room for freedom, for self-ownership, for property ownership, for innovation, for creativity, for growth, for satisfaction, for happiness. And it's precisely because under capitalism, you own yourself. You own yourself, you own your stuff. Socialism and communism and fascism, and they're all, they're all ultimately the same thing, state control of the means of production. Okay, they may exercise that control in slightly different ways and to slightly different degrees, but the premise is the same. The state has the right, has the uh, final word, the decision-making right of last resort over you and over, over uh, resources, over your resources, which become their resources. And as such, you're not free under socialism. And if you are not free, then you are a slave. Okay, that is a true dichotomy. Either you are free or you are in bondage. You either have liberty or you have slavery. Now, it's not quite chattel slavery like the antebellum South or what you see in other parts of the world throughout history. Quite common, by the way. Uh, regular state of affairs throughout world history. But it is a type of slavery nonetheless. If you do not have freedom over your body, over what you put in your body, over how you use your body, over what you believe, over what you say, and you don't, and you don't have freedom to own property, to enjoy the exclusive right of control over scarce resources that nobody else has a better claim to, then you are not free. You are in bondage. You are a slave. And in our so-called mixed economy, then, you know, we are partially free and partially enslaved. I, I really, I truly don't see any other way to view this, to, to label this, to identify this. If you don't have total autonomy and your liberties over yourself and your stuff are not totally respected, then you are in, to some degree, slavery and bondage, right? 
if you can't sit there in your home that you own, okay, that you either appropriated out of nature and built, appropriated all the resources necessary and built it, or you traded for it from somebody else who did that, or they did that, or so on and so forth, and you have title to it free and clear from any other claim that we know of, and to my knowledge, my home, my land, my property, I do, then for anybody to come around and tell me how I may or may not use it, that is not in a way that is aggressive towards anybody else, is for them to claim some portion of ownership over me and over my property. It's for them to enslave me to some degree. Okay, and, and written instruments like constitutions and legal codes and all of these arbitrarily created and decided and manifested opinions and ideas do not change the facts. It simply doesn't. Okay, you can't conquer a people, force your written instruments on them, and then claim that you have some ownership Okay, some right to control them and their descendants. I mean, you, you can do it and you can have the firepower to maintain it, but it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it justified. It doesn't make it legitimate. It makes it an ongoing criminal enterprise. That's what the state is. It began as an act of crime and it is maintained through crime. Mythology and coercion. That's how the state maintains its power. People acquiesce. People submit. Because they are indoctrinated into the mythology that seeks to justify its existence, its continued existence, its origin, its mythological origin story, and its continued existence. And for those that do not buy into the myth, well, then they, they move over to coercion and aggression. Well, that's what it is. Those are the facts. Therefore, we are not totally free. And if we are not totally free, then we are to some degree, to some percentage, in some part, enslaved. So yes, taxation is theft. It's also slavery. It's also aggression. It's also a crime, as are every other rule and regulation they enforce upon us that has the effect of controlling us coercively and our property. And at some point, people who step into this rabbit hole of libertarianism discover this. And when they do, they move further down into anarchism and voluntarism. That's what happened to me. That's what's happened to a lot of folks that I know. And the only way to avoid that is to stay away from the rabbit hole. Okay, stay in the land of mythology. Stay there where it's nice and comfortable, like a warm blanket, where all you need to do is obey the law, stay out of trouble, and you'll be left alone. And continue giving 40, 50, 60% of your income to the legal mafia, and they'll leave you alone. Just keep doing that, they'll leave you alone. And you'll probably be comfortable for the rest of your life, and you'll be able to pass on that practice of submission and acquiescence, um, belief toward your children and your grandchildren, until one of them comes upon the rabbit hole <laughs> and either climbs in or trips in. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, so let's, let's go on to Wizard's Rules. We're on Wizard's 12th Rule. This one is from the 14th novel in the Sword of Truth series, which I have not read. I only went through, I think it was 12 of them. He continued the series after I had finished them, and I never, I wanted to, I wanted to wait until it was totally done, and then I was going to read the rest. So this is from The Omen Machine, if you're familiar. And here is the rule. You can destroy those who speak the truth, but you cannot destroy the truth itself. 
Okay, this is Wizard's 12th rule. You can destroy those who speak the truth, but you cannot destroy the truth itself. It is very common. It has been very common uh, throughout human history, including within modernity today, for criminals, public and private, to destroy those who speak the truth. They may be family members who are, re- who are spilling a secret. They may be journalists. They may just be regular folks who have discovered something that the powers that be do not want people to discover, and if they do, do not want people to disseminate. Okay, you see this in Hong Kong right now, where people are taking, uh, are reading newspapers by opposition activists against the CCP, Communist Chinese Party, who's, who's currently cracking down on everything they can right now in Hong Kong. Horrific, horrific human rights abuses. And the same goes with whatever activities are going on with the Uyghur Muslim community that's been allegedly, probably, interned in so-called re-education camps where they're probably being sterilized and having their uteruses ripped out so that they can't procreate. Significant, significant human rights abuses. But you get information about that, that, that that's going on, okay, that these facts, that these things are happening, and you try to get it out of China and you try to broadcast it, and the CCP will come after you, and they will murder you, okay? It happens. And you can. You can do that. You can. You don't have permission, but it's an ability that many people have. You can destroy those who speak the truth. But the facts, you can't destroy the facts. Right. So, so the job of whistleblowers and people like that and journalists is to get the facts. Okay. Confirm the facts to the ability you can and then disseminate and broadcast those facts as soon as possible. And that's what many people are trying to do. That's what Julian Assange was doing. Right. Whistleblowers were sending him facts and he was broadcasting it. He was getting it out there. And the people who are embarrassed by that. Well, they want to kill him or lock him up for the rest of his life. And then they'll promise some inmate that if he gets shanked, that some amount of money will go to his family. And it'll, it'll happen, <laughs> right? Like Jeffrey Epstein, who killed himself. He may not have been a willing uh, disseminator of truth, but he was a liability. And so he was, he had to go. And maybe he killed himself in service of that, in service of, taking whatever truth he held with him. Maybe he killed himself to protect certain other people like Jelaine. Or maybe somebody else killed him. Maybe somebody, maybe he was assassinated. Who knows? But his cohort in crime, Jelaine, is locked up, supposedly, and will face trial next year if she makes it. And I'm sure there's many people who would want to destroy her before that happens. And maybe she'll take it all in herself. Maybe she'll plead the fifth or whatever, keep it all in. I mean, she's going to jail for probably for a really long time anyway, perhaps, and she'll just take all of it with her. You can destroy those who speak the truth, but you cannot destroy the truth itself. There's some commentary here. I don't know if it's from the book or not. It says, truth is infinite, it's constant, and it's immortal. Destroying those who are loyal to truth is unprofitable and superfluous. Maybe. Maybe it is. Depends on whether or not the truth's been shared or disseminated. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think that that's what I'm doing. I mean, I, I try to avoid talking about like, uh, facts. I try to stick to, to ideas and logic and philosophy and 
things like that because I don't have a memory for facts, like for retaining facts, like digging into a story and learning all about it and then like, oh, here's all the facts. And then, you know, making conclusions based on those facts, which is why I rely, you know, when I am looking at something, I'll read the news story or the Wikipedia entry or whatever, and then I'll go from there. Um, But there are people who are a lot better at that than me. And that doesn't mean that they or I are always correct. It doesn't. I could be wrong. I will be wrong. I know I'll be wrong in the future. I've been wrong in the past. There's no, there's no, there's no reason to believe I'm not going to be wrong in the future or that I'm not wrong right now about something. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't be allowed to do what I'm doing, to talk about it, to record it, to broadcast it, to put it out there. And I think that everybody should have that opportunity. It's very simple. It's very easy. It doesn't cost much. You can do it with a, a microphone and your cell phone. You can record right into it. For a couple bucks, you can get a nice app. There's one called HiQ that I used before. And then I just had a, a lapel mic that I pin on, hit record on my phone, sit in my car, and just start talking. And then my website, I just pay the $15 a year domain fee. They give me the WordPress installation. That's how it's hosted through Ionos or oneandone.com. And that's the website hosting. Podcast hosting, I do through archive.org, the Internet Archive. I upload it there. They give you a, a direct link to the MP3 file, as well as a little widget that you can stick on the page. So the the feed for the podcast comes through my website, but the, the file, the link to the file is through archive.org. doesn't cost anything. They don't charge. You can use these other services like Libsyn and whoever, and you can pay for that. And they'll give you all kinds of analytics. And maybe downloading the file will be marginally quicker. But, you know, everybody's got broadband. Everybody's got 4G and 5G coming up. So it doesn't, it, it's not, you know, you just have your podcast app on your phone automatically downloading new episodes. And when there's a new episode, it'll say, hey, it's downloaded. Here it is, ready for you. So archive.org hosts the file for free. I record, I pull it into Audacity, which is free open source software. I do a, a bit of editing, which is easy. I just got some macro set up. I say I cut off, you know, any nonsense in the front of the episode, you know, me moving my mic around, that kind of stuff. Anything at the end, I run my macros, which do, which does some normalization, some, some limiting, some uh, noise gating, some silence truncating. <laughs> and then I add my bumper stuff, my ads, my, my intro, my outro. Then I export to MP3. I got my file. I upload to archive.org. Bada bing, bada boom. Anybody can do this. Or if you don't want to do your own podcast, sign up. Come have a chat with me. Whatever your ideas are, you can run them by me and I can push back or I can just fill them out. Just go to the website. Like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, go to the website. On the right side, it says schedule. Click it, set a time, boom. Come have a chat with me. We'll record it. We'll put it out there. Put your voice out there. Really, I, I agree with Joe Rogan. Everybody should have a podcast, right? Record it and put it out there. You know, it'll it'll be something that exists for you and for your posterity, for your kids to listen to, for your grandkids, right? How many people live and die in obscurity, right? You know, all they have are just stories that get passed down. Maybe some recipes, maybe some books from their library that they owned that they didn't even write. Well, I've published some books. I've published a lot of articles and essays on my website and a lot of podcast episodes. So I think that's kind of cool. My daughter came to me the other day. She said, Dad, I searched your name on Google and like so much stuff showed up. I didn't know you were so popular. (laughs) 
I said, I, okay, well, first off, thank you. You're lovely. Second, I'm not popular. But when you put enough out there on the internet with your name on it, when you do a Google search, all that stuff's going to show up. So you search my name and it shows like my books, my website, my podcast. It, it like makes it seem like I'm this, this big guy. And I'm not. I'm really not. But the more you put out there, the more it fills it up, the indexes, right? So that was kind of cool. That was kind of fun to see uh, that look on her face that, wow, you know, if I Google my dad, he, you know, a lot of stuff shows up. That was kind of cool. If your kids Google you, does anything show up? Maybe your Facebook profile link and that's it. Maybe you're okay with that. Okay, I'm not judging. But if you want to do more, you just got to do more. All right, I don't know why I'm talking about this. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, adults and children, don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. Don't ask permission. Thanks so much for listening and have a better day. Please send your comments and questions to everythingvoluntary at gmail.com. Please consider supporting this podcast and everythingvoluntary.com by setting up an automatic monthly donation at patreon.com forward slash EBC. One-time donations are also accepted at paypal.me forward slash everythingvoluntary. Will you do us a big favor? Will you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening from? That really helps. And one more thing, please share the podcast with your friends. We really appreciate it.